Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, a lot of things back then, I think of movies like The Brave Little Toaster, which was an animated film. But to, I think about that now. Like, that was actually a very scary. A lot of movies back then, like the 80s, they're like, yeah. F kids. I mean, this is this is more putting out. <laughs> F them kids. And like that's what we got. And nobody knew any better. And now we're thinking like we look back at this and we go, this is some traumatizing stuff. Even the donkey that they have pulling the cart on the cover. Terrifying. I mean, looks yeah. demonic. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't remember the brave. I I, I remember the brave little you've toaster, but I don't remember what it was from your mind. It's what I you've guess. done. I don't because I, I really don't remember what it was uh, like the plot or anything. Like uh, now I want to look up eighties kids movies. Yes, it's it's a fanciful journey down childhood traumatic disorders. I mean, I guess that's right because like even E. T. is not like a like if you think about it, it's really not a feel good movie. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not. I mean, like, when I think of the most popular 80s kids movies, The Karate Kid, where a kid gets the hell beat out of him for three quarters of the movie, and then he finally... He gets one kick in. He, <laughs> he gets one <laughs> kick. Because he gets his ass whooping that movie, too. Like, at the end, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like... Collapses the other kid's to, like... chest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he breaks his sternum into his heart. That's the only way he wins. That's a good point. And then you have Annie, who's an orphan. It's an orphan movie. Yeah. Like, look, kids, the best thing you got here is if your parents, <laughs> if you don't have parents. If your parents leave you, don't worry. The state will take care of you. <laughs> it's all fun and games <laughs> in the orphanage, kids. Uh, I wish I was <laughs> Or the Goonies. That's a great example. The Goonies is a terrifying movie. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yes. The what's the the monster or whatever chunk, uh, chunk that like be friends of the monster that thing scared me as a kid yeah, yeah. oh my gosh love the goonies <laughs> though big goonies guy <laughs> i don't like the goonies though that, that movie is that movie is terrible <laughs> <laughs> cheryl smith writing and rewriting history first ever national title for texas tech Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And we are previewing the first game of the Big 12 season here. It doesn't matter what happened before this game. It doesn't matter that Texas Tech is 1-2 and two, and the team about to play 2-1. None of that matters. All that matters is everybody in the conference, with the exception of two teams that played last week, are 0-0 zero and zero in the conference, right? And to talk about the Big 12 schedule as we come up, and to talk about Texas Tech taking on West Virginia in Morgantown, we got the people champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? We found out the ceiling, and we found out the basement. You got TCU riding high, and you got uh, Houston riding pretty low. Now we just got to figure out how the rest shakes up. Week one, finally getting away from the non-con, which has been a disaster for more reasons than one. 
And uh, now we get to pretend like we could still win the Big 12. So first up on the list, West Virginia. Give us a good chance. Real quick, let's talk about that TCU-Houston game. Um, so, like, I feel like we, I feel like I rag on Houston a little too much, especially, you know, because I got a degree from there. Like, I feel like I should be a better, a better fan there. Um, and I do feel like I rag on them too much. But if, you, if anyone actually watched that game, Big 12, uh, Houston does not look like a Big 12, not just team. Like, the TDECU Stadium does not look like a Big 12 or Power 5 conference stadium. Nothing about that game felt like it was a Big 12 game. And now maybe it's, you could argue maybe it's just me. I need to get used to seeing Houston in the Big 12, maybe. Right? But I didn't have that problem when TCU first came into the Big 12. When TCU first came into the Big 12, almost immediately, they were, I was like, yeah, no, that checks out. Right? Even UCF. I watched a couple UCF games. I'm like, yeah, no, that checks out. They look like a Power 5 team. Right? But Houston, I was like, mm, I don't. This is just like TCU going down a level to play an AAC team. That's what it felt like. So just throwing that out there. But, yeah, as we speak right now, Houston is the worst team in the Big 12 because they lost their first ever game. Um, and that, and also, again, nobody was hyped for that. This is the first ever Houston game in the Big 12, and nobody cared. No one cared. Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, I expect much more fanfare in their first home games in the Big 12. For Houston – Nobody cares. So there's that. Um, people that are going to care, West Virginia fans. They are riding a high. Just beat the team they hate more than anybody, the Pittsburgh Panthers. Just beat them at home. Great showing. Great game. Great atmosphere in Morgantown. And right now, they got to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Right? We're going to have a guest that comes on a little bit later in the show, but they got to be feeling pretty good about themselves because they are 2-1 in a season that a lot of people picked them to finish either. I think they were picked in the polls to finish dead last. I know I picked them, I think, to finish like second to last or third to last. Um, but they're just not a team that had a lot of – they were destined for greatness this year. They're already 2-1. Like, I feel like – and the one was to Penn State, a game they were only down by one possession in the second half. Like they were in it. All the way up until the until the fourth quarter, where they kind of blew it open. I mean, what do you think about the West Virginia Mountaineers? West Virginia defense, defense, defense. They've been in in all of their games. They have been impressive on defense. I think that West Virginia's front seven has been quite a dominating force for their opponents. I mean, Penn State obviously hung up thirty something points on thirty five or so points on them, but Penn State's the kind of team that it should put up more te- more points against a team like West Virginia. But West Virginia didn't really play it that way. And now we we certainly believe that West Virginia played that game well because then they turned around and like demolished Duquesne's and then playing Pitt. I mean, Pitt gets Pitt never sees the end zone. They get two field goals the whole game. The first half of the game, they get two field goals, and then they don't see anything resembling a point for third and fourth quarters. So West Virginia is able has shown so far that they're able to lock down teams and kind of key in on other teams' strengths and take those away. And so it's it's a pretty impressive defense. The biggest question yet remains is the West Virginia offense, which, you know, tell me if that doesn't sound familiar. Um, battling between, you know, Garrett Green and Nico, uh, Nico Marchio and trying to figure out who's going to, like, who's going to lead this team offensively. They got running backs. We we know they have a pretty good running uh, core, but uh, but uh, on the quarterback side of things, this has got to be one of the most confused teams in the Big 12 right now. For sure. Garrett Green did get hurt in that game against Pitt. Uh, Nico Marchio came in and towards the end. Uh, you know, and this is, this is the backup quarterback. Like I said before, everybody loves the backup quarterback. He came in. 
won them the game. Right? I'm not. Well, let me rephrase. He didn't win the game, but he made sure that he kept the lead for them. Made sure they didn't lose it. Right? He was the quarterback at the end of the game. Um, played okay. Played decently. I think post I don't think it was nothing to snuff at uh, per se, but played decently. A little bit different, different type of quarterback than Garrett Green is. And now Garrett Green's status for this weekend is going to be up in the air. It's a game time decision. That could mean a lot of things. That could mean that Neil Brown actually knows that Garrett Green's not going to play, but he doesn't want Joey McGuire to know that. Uh, because, again, those are two completely different quarterbacks between Nico Markiel and Garrett Green. I think it sounds like the West Virginia media is prepared for Nico Markiel to be the starter. That's what it seems like. However, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think there's, diff- like I said, there are different quarterbacks there. There is tape on Garrett Green. We've seen him play a couple times. He's played against Texas Tech the last two years. We saw Garrett Green come into the game against against Texas Tech. So we are somewhat familiar with Garrett Green, dual threat quarterback, a guy that can run. He's been used as a gimmick quarterback in the past before, but now he's given the tools and the keys. Questionable passer to football. Nico Markiel, the backup, who came in, more of a pocket passer. Not really much of a runner, um, but has what people consider better arm talent. Now, that doesn't mean much until you actually get there, get out there and start playing and start doing some things. Uh, but is considered to have a little bit better arm talent. So it's it's two different types of quarterbacks, and that, you know, if Joey, even if you think Nico Markle is going to be the starter, you kind of have to prepare for both just in case. So we know what we got with Garrett, and we were talking about this earlier. That kind of feels like I, I, I prefer Garrett Green to be the one to come out because we've, I mean, for all of Texas Tech's woes, and we talked about it under the uh, Matt Wells era, West Virginia has been one that we can look at on the on the schedule and say, Oh, we're probably going to get that one. Spring chicken. Isn't that the phrase? Spring chicken? Like when something's eat, like... Is spell that spell it out for me, Albert. Spell <laughs> it out for me, Albert. Do people not say that? I didn't grow up on a farm. Spring. Like spring chicken. <laughs> like it's... No, isn't that what people say? It's like, it's like when it's easy. Like, ah, uh, spring chicken. I believe, um, is that not I believe a, spring is that chicken not a, is a reference to up? a young person. Oh, well. Barbecue chicken. I'm taking the shack round. Barbecue, barbecue chicken. chicken. West Virginia. West Virginia's barbecue, barbecue chicken. chicken. On <laughs> I mean, listen. If 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 Matt Wells can look at you and be like, "Ah, that's food. We got it." Then I feel like, uh, you know, Neil Brown. His thing. Uh, West Virginia has had Texas Tech ties as head coaches for a while, right? Uh, Neil Brown, zero and four. Can't beat us, right? Neil Brown cannot – Holgerson, he looked at Tech and was like, no, I want that. <laughs> I want to get that W. We lost five straight with Holgerson at the helm. Neil Brown, no. He's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I can't beat these guys. We beat the hell out of them last year. Oh, it was all good times. It was fun last year. Um, but, Jeremy, this is a road game. This is, we're in Morgantown now, and let's face it, we have not been good on the road. But despite, you know, other than beating Iowa State last year and what – a bad Iowa State team in what felt like the worst college football game played in all of 2022, uh, we just have not been a good road team. And so now, even if we beat this team by 38 last year, going on the road in Morgantown without Matt Wells and Henry Columbia, I, I don't know if it's as easy as we're well, making and So it's kind of a, a force, it's two forces coming together between us not being very good on the road at all since we've had Coach, um, Coach McGuire at the helm and or for a while if we're being honest and West Virginia not being a very like not being a very good offense like they're not being a very good offensive uh team and also us having their number it's like I'm trying to figure out 
which domino falls which way, and does that mean Texas Tech comes up all right? Ah, with the way that we played um, Tarleton State and the way that West Virginia played Pitt, who Tarleton State and Pitt, in a weird way, maybe on similar levels. If we're being, you think that Tarleton State could have took it, could take it to Pitt this year? Or can we be honest about that? Absolutely not. I don't care how bad Pitt is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my point so west virginia isn't playing crap teams du- like duquesne's is it's it's it, okay you get your one um there's a lot of good film on west virginia right now and for me i don't think west virginia is a rollover kind of team we're not going to be able to walk into morgantown and just go oh this is barbecue chicken let's go because we don't even know i mean we have a qb1 But I don't think Red Raiders are sold on QB1. And I wonder how sold the offense is on QB1. There's a lot of questions for me. And so as we go into Morgantown, not being 100% on a lot of things I'd like for us to be 100% on at this point in the season, a lot of room for error there. So West Virginia is going to be looking off of that pit win. Are you kidding me? To jump out of the gate and be 1-0 in Big 12, of course they're going to be looking at that opportunity, especially at home, especially because they're opening as an underdog in their home field. Nobody likes that, okay? And West Virginia might be catching a little bit of breath, a little bit of little bit of wind in their wings. They might be feeling like a spring chicken, and they may be uh, feeling like they can get this game. And if, if Texas Tech doesn't, if we don't start and continue early, if we have another like first quarter bonanza and then three quarters of please God help us, this is going to be a long afternoon in Morgantown. So that's one way to look at it. There's one that thought that West Virginia is riding a high. They'll come into the game ready to go, ready to continue it. Another way to look at it is what if it's a hangover, right? That there was a lot of emotion in that game against Pitt, right? Like that's, that's, there was a lot there. Um, it's one of the reasons why I think the backyard brawl should go back to where it used to be, which was at the end of the season. But there's a lot of emotion in that. A lot of emotion spent off of that emo- that win like that. Then you're back in West Virginia the very next week. And as fans, we can get up and be like, yeah, let's do it again. Players, excuse me, sometimes, not like Texas Tech and West Virginia have this staunch rivalry, right? You can get up for Pitt. Are you going to get up for Texas Tech? Are you going to be able to, to bring yourself back up to that level of dedication, that level of emotion? And again, you know, it's, it's funny a lot of the people talk about distractions a lot of the times, and people talk about you know uh, um, you know hangovers and and are they going to be ready for this week's game? I, I've always, for the longest time, never really paid attention to it because to me, I'm like, well, how are you going to be distracted when you're playing a game? Like you're playing the football game, how, how are you going to have a hangover while you're playing? You're not thinking about when you're playing football, you're not thinking about anything else but your assignment. However, a couple years ago, a a, a, a coach told me this, and I actually heard it from another media member as well is that the distraction isn't during game day, it's during the week leading up. It's in preparation. It's in, are you studying film like you would normally do? Are you doing this? And that's the same thing with the hangover, right? So it's not, when I say that they may have a hangover, I'm not saying that during the game, all of a sudden they're like, oh my, I don't know what I'm doing. Did you prepare Monday through Friday like you normally do, right? Or were you riding the high of the win against Pitt from Saturday to Thursday, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, we got a game coming up, right? And so that is where, you know, all week, West Virginia players have been getting high fives in classes, you know, maybe coaches are excuse, or maybe teachers are excusing a paper or two. Maybe it's all that. Are you still having that level of dedication to the craft coming up against Texas Tech 
Well, let's face it. I mean, the only thing that West Virginia fans really care about when it comes to Texas Tech is, oh, they're a conference opponent. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I never thought about that, how we kind of say that off the cuff, but really what we're trying to say, what we what we, <clears throat> what we want to say, but we maybe don't know the context of, is that it's about you know the hangovers during the week. That's a really cool, that's a really fascinating way to look at that uh, because it is the small things that matter, especially when it comes to film, right? You can't just assume, ah, I beat Pitt, so... We'll handle Texas Tech or, um, you know, even if it's like, hey, I beat you for Texas. Hey, I beat Alabama. We'll just handle Wyoming because like what helped you beat Alabama? It's watching film. It's doing all the small things. That's a great point. Yep. They were in Texas was in a dogfight with Wyoming until the right. fourth quarter. They were in a dogfight. Right. So yeah. it's like you have to continue to do the small things to continue to remain efficient. So. Uh, it's such a good point, and we don't know what West Virginia we're going to get coming into Saturday. I think with Neil Brown at the helm, with the recipe there, I'm hoping it's hangover. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of confident that it's not going to be this dialed, focused in West Virginia because that would be that would be a completely that would be a complete flip of like coaching pedagogy we've had from Neil Brown and his time at West Virginia. Like I've not seen Neil Brown. Yeah. There it is. Pe- Pedagogy, there it is. Take a drink. Take a drink. There it is. I don't know a better word for it. Um, coaching style. Uh, we haven't seen it from Neil Brown in his time at West Virginia. We haven't seen West Virginia become this dominant team. It's always been a team that's kind of floundering around, trying to figure out its identity. Some stars here and there, but not really putting together the season that it knows they can put together. So uh, my, my expectation going into Saturday, and, and we can kind of break it down a little bit if we need to, but it's just, you know, I think West Virginia is going to not be entirely prepared for this game. And I think that Texas Tech, with us, with our mindset of having the Big 12 in sight, I, I really expect Coach McGuire to be on his guys this week about getting it done in Morgantown. So in this in the game against Pitt, you know, you you'd mentioned that you actually wouldn't mind seeing Garrett Green because we know him a little bit. Let me tell you something, though. Nico Marchio came in this game against Pitt in what was the first quarter. Um, Garrett Green got hurt pretty early in the game. Nico Marchio came in in the first quarter, threw for 60 yards in three and a half quarters. Threw for six, six zero. Now, I'm not saying 600. I'm not saying that he had a – no, I'm saying 60. Uh, was six for nine for 60 yards. That quarterback there, that's the kind of quarterback I want to see on the opposing team. Right, he wasn't. They didn't have a lot of confidence in him. Now, mind you, flip side of that, they ran the ball very well in this game against Pitt. Right, T.J. Donaldson had a great game. T.J. Donaldson also got hurt in that game. He's also a game time decision for this one. Jalen Anderson, who kind of replaced him, not as good of a game against Pitt. Not as good of a running back. Right, so it'd be that if, if you give me Markiel and, and Anderson, I feel so much better <laughs> about this game <laughs> than, than Green and Donaldson. Uh, but the offense, the offense is definitely, I mean, they're struggle bus. Like, there's really not much to it. They don't have the receivers they used to have. They don't have the quarterbacks they used to have. The running game is decent. Um, because, and it's decent because the O-line's very good, right? No, no doubt about that. The O-line's very good. But just their skill position players just aren't great. Flip side of that, the defense seems to be better than we expected, right? West Virginia defense seems to be better than we expected. And as we look in, in, internally to Texas Tech, we mentioned it last in the last episode. But Tyler Shuck has to be on a short leash, right? Like, there's really no doubt about that. I think if you're in a game, hypothetically speaking, if it's 10-10 at halftime, I don't see how you come out in the second half with the same quarterback, right? Uh, if there's a situation where you're looking at it and you're like, we're going to lose this game because, the, because of the offense, it's Baron Morton season, right? Very short leash, in my opinion, for this game. On the road, again, and, and 
if if I'm Zach Kitley and I'm fine Joy McGuire, there's almost no way Baron Morton didn't have some type of reps with the ones this week, just in case. But it's got to be a short lease for Tyler Shuck, you'd imagine. He may start it, but big questions of whether he'll finish it. Yeah, because we have not been a good like second half this season so far. It's not our half. It's not our half. Um, it's giving like what was that? Twenty eighteen. Texas A&M, I can't remember which A&M squad it was that literally just, it became a meme of how they could not, the second half, they 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 would get so far in this groove in the first half, and then the second half they fall apart and lose the game. And like, I really don't want a season like that, because I know we have a team that has the conditioning and the mindset to get through a whole 60 minutes. It's not 30 minutes of us, it's 60. Um, and so, yeah, here's the thing. <clears throat> QB1, it's Chuck. Yeah, it's Shuck going out. We see that we've seen the depth chart. We know it's gonna be Shuck starting off in West Virginia. If we're not cruising by the half, how I mean, in your mind, Albert, like in your mind cruising, how far do we need to be up for you to be like, okay, Shuck will finish this out as long as possible? Finish the game or like where he's comfortably QB one going forward? I mean, both. Comfortably QB one, you gotta blow it out. You gotta blow the team away. You gotta you gotta be uh, where I'm like like basically re having the same game we had against Halton State where it's a nice easy blowout win for him for I think for the boo boards to die down he needs a blowout in this game for him to last the game I think as long as Texas Tech is in control of the game throughout so even if it's a 28 to 24 game but we're leading the entire time and you know it's you you think Tyler has a good command of the offense he's moving forward he's doing the things he needs to be doing then I still think he'll he'll keep it. I think really the question of whether it will switch is if there's a situation where the offense is continually sputtering in a close and we're either losing or tied. That's when you, you gotta make a change, right? As long as I think Tech's in the lead, you don't you don't you don't mess with what's working. Right? Even if it's even if the offense is doing great, if Tech's in the lead we're in the lead for a reason. We're doing something right. Let's keep it going. And, we, and even if it's closer than we want to, he's got to he's got to uh, continue it. But if it's tied or we're losing, and the offense is continually sputtering, and we need a, a everybody likes to talk about sparks. We need a spark. And usually, I say I hate. I usually I hate that. I hate that whole we need a spark thing because usually it's it's rooted in ignorance. This is a little bit different. This is where if the offense is sputtering, if it's ten ten at halftime. 13-13 at halftime, 13-10 against us at halftime, then it's, all right, let's get the kid ready. We need that spark. We need something going. And let's face it, you, you mentioned it. I mean, players have eyes too, right? Like, not just a fan base. Players have eyes too. And, and if, you're, if you're Todd Brooks, if you're Duran Bradley, right, if you're, if you're uh, um, uh, Mills, if you're these guys, if you're Wilburn, and you, you feel the same way of, Mm, this guy might give us a better chance to win, and it's ten ten right now, right? Or it's uh, or, or for, and let me tell you something. If we're down, down. If we're down, like by a couple possessions. But he's he's get get that guy up out of here. <laughs> let's let's get it in. Because the thing about it is, we, as we talk about this podcast, if we're down by a couple possessions, I don't think it'll be because of the defense. No, I don't think so. No, and with West Virginia's offense the way it is, absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. Let me tell you something. If it's about the defense, we have we, Joey. Let's bring yourself to the front. We got to have a conversation. If it's about the defense in this game. This is a game where I do expect the defense to absolutely feast. I expect the defense to yeah. 
this is this is definitely the game, um, regardless of quarterback. But even if, if especially if it's Nico Markiel, Markiel, I think is going to have a tough time in this game. Um, I expect the defense to absolutely feast, and I expect all of us to feast on some of this exciting stuff we get from CharlieHustle.com. CharlieHustle.com is. Uh, some of, has some of the best apparel when it comes to vintage collegiate inspire, inspired apparel. They have these great stuff, a collection for Texas Tech, and, and they care about getting into the Texas Tech market. Let me tell you, they really care about getting into here, about selling some nice, great clothing, clothing for fellow Red Raiders. Uh, Jeremy and I are actually wearing Charlie Hustle Texas Tech shirts on the pod. Very comfortable. I got this nice little Spartan with the wings out. Got Texas Tech up under it. Y'all didn't even know we used to have that as a mascot, did y'all? Y'all didn't know we had this. All right, we did. Shout out to Charlie Hustle for it. And, hey, listen, listen. We, they, they're big friends of the pod, and y'all are our people, right? We can work. We can talk. See, here's one of the great things about Charlie Hustle is that they listen. They listen to us. Y'all want, some, y'all want something on here, and you, maybe there's a design that you're like, man, I would love to see this on a T-shirt. Let's let's talk about it. Let's see what's going on and see what we can do here to uh, to get some some a nice appropriate Texas Tech swag uh, coming your way. So make sure to use our promo code when you go to charliehustle.com. That is promo code 101215, T E N one two one five ten twelve fifteen, 101215 and that's going to get you 15% off of all non-sale items. So make sure you head over to charliehustle.com and get you some Texas Tech swag there. So, Jeremy, you know, it's time for us to get... I feel a little argumentative. Jeremy, I feel a little argumentative. I want to fight. And to fight about who's going to win this game, first Big 12 game of the season, we had to bring on, y'all know him, y'all love him, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, uh, number one West Virginia fan from the Raspy Voice Kids podcast, on to here to to argue and tell us why West Virginia is actually going to be the ones... To beat Texas Tech. What's going on, Brandon? What's really good, y'all? What's really good? I love being with Tortillas and Tex. I love being with the People's Champ. I love being with Alby. I love having these conversations. I can't wait to get into it. Let's do it. Let's let's get it. So, so tell us. So right now, West Virginia, you know what I mean? Y'all, y'all are 2-1 and one on the season. You just had a great game last week against Pitt, representing the Big 12, beating Pitt in a huge rivalry game. You played Penn State pretty well. Penn State's a top ten team, and and not top ten. Like a lot of times, Penn State's a top ten team. They don't really have. They haven't earned it. This year, I think is a little bit different, to where they're they're legitimately a top ten team with a top ten offense, top ten quarterback, and all that stuff. So you know, give it to us straight. Why is West Virginia going to beat Tech? If West Virginia beats Tech, it's because Nico Markiel is the man of the hour. Y'all don't have much tape on the guy because he's a redshirt freshman making his second start or his first real start, his first true start. He's going to come in as a left-handed quarterback doing things that you have not seen. Garrett Green running that read option is not what Nico Markiel is in any form or fashion. He can run, but that's not his go-to. He's a pocket passer. He wants to manipulate you from his spot, and he wants to get the ball to Devin Carter. He wants to get his, He wants to get the ball to the breakout star, breakout star Clement. He wants to get the ball to Cole, to Cole Taylor. He wants to get the ball and be a facilitator to those running backs in the backfield, predominantly C.J. Donaldson. And West Virginia can run the football. C.J. Donaldson is an all-Big 12 type back. He is a dominant type runner. He can move because, as he calls it, West Virginia has a 
great wall of China in front of him with three West Virginia-born offensive linemen in Wyatt Milam, Zach Frazier, and Doug Nestor. Tomas Remack. Uh, I'm blanking on number 66 right now. Please forgive me. <laughs> but they've got a nice offensive line, a very nice offensive line to go with a bevy of backs. And it's going to be really hard for Texas Tech to keep up with a ground and pound that West Virginia can put on you than the play action that Nico will hit you with. It could be very hard for Texas Tech. It could be a very long day. Not to mention, Texas Tech has beaten us four years in a row. Texas Tech is a six-point favorite the last time I checked. It's not going to be hard for Joey McGuire and his boys to overlook West Virginia, to overlook a team that's been so pedestrian that you could beat us 48-10 to 10 last year in Lubbock. It's, well, first of all, so C.J. Donaldson going to play? I know he got hurt in the last game. Is he going to play? Yeah, it, it sounds like he's good to go. It sounds like it, was, it wasn't a major injury. It sounds like he's good to go. I could be wrong, but it looks like he's good to go. If he's not, Jalen Anderson, uh, Justin Johnson, and Jaheim White are, are more than capable to pick up the slack. It also sounds like Garrett Green may not be good to go. And it don't sound like you're too mad about that. <laughs> it, it sounds like you're like, eh, you know, <laughs> if he can't go, we're we good. <laughs> it's a different game with Garrett Green out. If Garrett Green's in, that read option, RPO is much, much different, obviously. If he's not playing, slinging the rock around, around the field, Looks a lot different. Now we didn't get to see much of it against in the pit game because the play the the play sheet was shrunk. They 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 cut it in half because Nico did not get the reps with the ones. This week he's getting the run with the ones in practice. So you're gonna see the full playbook thrown at him and thrown at you. So you're right. I'm not that mad because I think Nico can handle the load. Now you're all right. We we beat y'all like y'all stole something last week, last year. I mean, last yes, year. Yes, you did. Yes, yeah, you did. We, we beat the dog stuffing out of y'all. You know, it was it was great. It was a fun time in the LBK. We're back in Morgantown. But the last two times we were in Morgantown, it's been fun. It's been fun stuff. Now I will say, last two times we were in Morgantown, you know, we had Matt Wells. It was listen, Matt Wells couldn't beat a lot of teams. He could beat West Virginia. If there was a team he could beat. He's like, Kansas? I don't know. But West Virginia? I don't know what it is about. The mountains out here in West Virginia, but I like it. <laughs> he was able to win those games. Henry Columbia couldn't beat a lot of teams, but West Virginia, he was like, hey, that's that's this is a team that I can beat. And Joey McGuire just carrying on that tradition, man. This is at this point, for like you said, four years in a row, we're not we don't have this level of grace with a lot of other teams. Before that this four year stretch, y'all had beaten us. What was that five years straight? You know what I mean? So it's 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 good sledding right now. I don't feel like we want to give it up. I don't feel like we want to give it up. I'm I'm not gonna lie to y'all. To, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. If with, with Donaldson and with Green potentially both being out, I know you. I know you're excited about Markule, but I've made this statement a lot of times. Everybody's favorite player on the team is always the backup quarterback until he's no longer the backup. And so that's, you know, yeah, you're right. Morgantown. Hey, they've been saying that all year because Garrett Green was getting the boo birds from from West Virginia fans from the Penn State game from jump. Really, people were calling for Markule. People were talking about Markiel, and then they got Markiel. And the thing that was crazy was <laughs> the fans cheered like crazy when Markiel came in the game. I was at the pit game. The fans cheered like crazy to the point where the offensive line had to do the, the tamp down, you know, with the arm motion, be like, calm down, calm down, be quiet so we get to play in. It was nuts. I felt kind of bad for Garrett Green. I didn't think it was a personal attack, but like you said, everybody's favorite player is the back of quarterback, and that's the way it was. Uh... I am not saying that I have any issues with Garrett Green. 
I just have confidence in Nico. Jimmy, doesn't that sound so familiar? <laughs> a standing ovation for the backup quarterback. I was about to say, were you watching West Virginia Pitt last week or were you watching Texas Tech playing ball? Because we had the same situation happen where I was in the stadium, Brandon, and as soon as Baron Morton, our backup, came out to get kind of a look with the ones in the second half, that's the loudest the stadium was all night. And I thought, good grief. You would have thought we just hung 30 on Texas. It was loud. Yeah, the people love the backup. Right. And you know, because it's like, what's going to happen? I don't know. With your new guy, it's like, you may have to, Neil Brown's going to have to hand over the reins to the youngster, which is really exciting, but also really terrifying. So, fun fact, Nico Markiel and Tyler Shuck went to the same high school in Arizona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Connection. Yeah. Same high school in Arizona. So, that's a, that's a nice little piece. I think they were both three stars also coming out of Arizona. Um, so, so, that's a nice little piece here. Uh, but Nico, you know, we ain't pit. You know what I'm saying? We ain't pit. Nico Markio, he might be feeling himself a little bit. Had a decent game last week when coming in on relief. You know what I mean? But I, 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 and it does seem like he is going to be the starter. We'll see if Garrett Green is actually healthy to play. doesn't seem like he's going to be the starter. But I, I look at this and I say, man, hey, this is not going to be as this – is this isn't your older brother's Texas Tech defense, like Jeremy was saying pre-pod. Uh, this is a defense that can get after it. Great DTs. In my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, DT duo – in the conference, and then the secondary is actually good. I, mean, I don't think I've ever, ever, ever said as long as I've been a, a tech fan that the secondary is actually stout, right? This um, just I, I don't see this ain't the year for West Virginia. This ain't it. We may lose one of these days to the Mountaineers, but I don't see it this time. What's funny is I think you're right. West Virginia on my podcast to lose this game. You're 100 percent right. <laughs> it's a sad day. But I don't think they have enough ammunition. I don't think they have the offense. We averaged 3.4 yards per play against Pitt. Yeah, but listen, Brandon, you, you, you're you're two and one on the season. You're doing better than Texas Tech is. You went, you 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 fought a top ten team in the nation in Penn State. Why so doom and gloom, man? Why so doom and gloom? You're winning Here's games. Why. Here's why. Don't come at me like that. I don't feel like we, feel like we fought. Feel like we fought Penn State the way a lot of people say we fought Penn State. I don't believe that. We played Duquesne. We took forever to get on top of them. Then it took a weather delay before we really came out and got in got into what we needed to do as a significant favorite against Duquesne. Then we played Pitt. Pitt is very very bad at football. Like I kept telling people, we're not going to learn anything by beating Pitt. The only yeah, thing we know <laughs> is if we lose to Pitt. The only thing we'll know is if we lose to Pitt, we're horrendous. That's the only thing we know. Beating Pitt tells us nothing. It tells us absolutely nothing. And even then, we gave up more yards per play to Pitt than we averaged. And you can argue that it's because Nico Marchio came in so we couldn't run our offense, so we couldn't do what we typically would do. We shrunk the playbook and blah, blah, blah. Mm, I'm not buying it. I hope that I'm wrong. And here's why I hope I'm wrong. Because I'm a West Virginia fan, first and foremost. But also because the defense has shown significant improvement. People on the ground. We make contact and we tackle very well. Mike Lockhart, Malba, Sean Martin on the defensive line, they've been stout. Jalen Thornton has played well as he's also played very well. Lee Koba, he's playing like an all-conference linebacker, number one in the middle. That dude's a stud. Trey Lathan, he's a redshirt freshman. He's also playing very well. There are 
Guys, we've got dudes, but I don't believe in our secondary. Even against Pitt, with three interceptions, there were guys wide open on a regular basis. And what I said on the Raspy Voice Kids podcast, and my brother concurred, Darren Morton or Tyler Shrug are not missing those open guys. <laughs> They're not missing those open receivers. Jordan McGuire's not scheming up the garbage that Pat Narduzzi and his offensive coordinator schemed up. I don't see West Virginia winning this game. I, I was talking trash, but I don't see West Virginia winning this game. I really wish I could. I really wish I would, especially since they're going to be in the banana suit. Do y'all know we're wearing the banana suit? Do you know that? Did you see that? We, we didn't, didn't want to bring it up on pod. We, we saw it. Yeah, they, they, they put out a nice video of the Jeezy, the 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 yellow, the Jeezy. It's not Jeezy, the Gucci. Gucci. How do I say Jeezy when I talk about Gucci? They had Gucci, yellow, yellow, everything. And they and they still not gonna win. It's a sad day for my boy Jake Lance, aka Night Stare. Uh, it's not good. It's it's a bad time in Morgantown. I picked West Virginia to win five games this year. Texas Tech is not one of them. You have our number. There's a reason you have our number. One of those reasons is because you guys run the legitimate, genuine air raid, up tempo offense. You move the ball quickly. You move the ball relatively efficiently. And you don't let people substitute. We've been substituting our defensive line, keeping people fresh. You're not going to let us do that. And I just don't think we have what we, what we need to stop you guys. And I don't think we have the firepower to keep up with you guys. I just I can't see it. We only scored 17 against Pitt. Even Cincinnati scored 27. Ah, well, when you're right, you're right. I've always said you're a very smart guy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, who am I to tell you that you're wrong when you're just absolutely, you know, a genius here, you know who? Who are we, right? I've always, I've always said you're one of the smartest people I know. You know what I mean? So I appreciate it, Albie. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Brandon, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can see your stuff, uh, where they can listen to you predict that Texas Tech victory over West Virginia. Well, you can listen to me uh, anywhere that you get your podcast, The Raspy Voice Kids. Anywhere where you listen to podcasts, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify. We are a part of the uh, Sports Social Network. We are part of the 1012 Network. And anywhere that you listen to podcasts is where you will find our podcast. And anywhere that you check out social media, you can find us at The Raspy Voice Kids, Raspy Voice Kids. I also hate Pitt, The Raspiest, and at J-N-Fiend, J-N-P-H-E-E-N. That's where you can find us. That's where you can hear us. That's where you can interact. Get at your boys. Love us because we love you. Absolutely, one of my favorite one of my favorite podcasts in the uh, in the network in the ten twelve network, Raspy Voice Kids podcast. Um, not just not just West Virginia sports. Also, y'all got, got good pop culture on there. Talking music, you know, KZ talking movies and stuff like that. So um, make sure to check out the Raspy Voice Kids. Always a fun time, Brandon. We like, we appreciate you having you on. We appreciate having you on here. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming. on. Thanks for having me, guys. Love y'all. You heard you heard Brandon actually predicting a Texas Tech win. That was nice. Smart guy. Smart, smart guy. Predicting a Texas Tech win uh, over West Virginia. And, I mean, you heard him. He, we have their number. We have their number. He's not very confident in the offense. We kind of already talked about that West Virginia's offense isn't, isn't all that. I will say I'm surprised that he wasn't uh, – he felt the way he did against the game against Penn State because they. I would argue that West Virginia's game against Penn State yeah, is the most impressive of the yeah. three games. No, they played them hard. As a West Virginia fan, right, you gotta like, think that they're just they they're just hard. like, you know, we didn't keep it close, so we suck, kind of thing. But they they did. 
they kept it closer to the fourth. They were, you know, they they were down by uh, possession at halftime. Uh, Penn State scored early in the in the third quarter. They were down by two possessions, but they they still kept it within arm's reach until fourth quarter came and Penn State just blew the doors open. But um, mostly because they didn't have an offense. <laughs> To be honest, Penn State blew the doors open because we didn't have an offense. It didn't matter. Garrett Green, Nick, Nico Marchio, it didn't matter, right? Uh, didn't have an offense. So, Jeremy, it is time for your prize picks, predictions. So, first things first, give me an offensive player that has to play well in order to get a Texas Tech W in Morgantown. For me, man, it's going to be I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift up Jaran Bradley. Um because if we don't we don't know who we don't know who's going to be at QB the whole game let's not lie it could be Tyler Shuck it could end up being Morton but who's going to continuously be out there are the wide receivers and the running backs so this week I need Duran Bradley to show up he's not really given us too terribly much this season um certainly not for the kind of the level of player that he was billed at and he appropriately appropriately was billed at at the beginning of the season. So I think Duran Bradley needs to have a big game against this West Virginia defense. If you heard, I mean, you listen to Brandon, he is not high on their defensive backs at all. So how about we abuse that a little bit with a really good wide receiver? So for me, give me Duran Bradley. Last week, Todd Brooks ran 158 yards on 19 carries. Yo, Zach, yo, ZK, 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 we're, we're boys, right? We're boys, ZK. Um, my, my guy, please run Taj Brooks. Please, 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 please. Like, I just, I want to see Taj Brooks get the ball. I want to see him running it. He's good. He's still that guy, right? He had more yards on the ground than our quarterbacks had in the air in last week against Tarleton State. Like, it, that just, the reason why we were able to blow them out just like we were able to was we ran the ball. Run the ball. Be, it's okay to run the ball. Um, and I think running the ball also opens up the screen game. It really opens up the screen game, right? Because they have to be aggressive in that in that aspect because you never know what's going to happen with Todd Brooks. So please run the ball. Uh, Todd Brooks is my is the, is the guy I'm going with here in this aspect. So now let's switch to the other side of the ball. Defensively, we, we already talked about it before. We t- Brandon talked about it. The offense stinks for West Virginia. So defensively, who needs to be that guy to really rally around the ball and get there? Hey, you know... I would love to see some more interceptions. And so I think Malik Dunlap is having had a, a euphoric game against Tarleton State. I think it's a really nice opportunity this week to continue that trend, get himself at least one more turnover, and just keep it going. So for me, I mean, keep the fire on for Malik Dunlap. Really going out on the limb there, Jeremy. You picked a guy that had two interceptions last game and almost and should have got an interception the game before. Oh, man, you're really... You, you, you're so bold in your predictions. Be- hold on, before you. you pick him, before you also pick him, because I know that that's what's coming, I, I I want to take you back to Adrian Fry freshman year. Really good defensive back, became instrumental for us defensively against the pass game, very big turnover guy. This whole take three thing, you need a turnover guy. And Malik Dunlap is showing us the most turnover potential for the rest of the season. So let's let's keep it going. All right, who, who's your defensive player? Of the game? Well, it's not really Malik Dunlap. I'll tell you that much right now because that's obvious. Um, you know, you Mister, I'm gonna pick the first uh, <laughs> preseason All Big Twelve receiver on offense and the guy who leads the, the only guy to like guy leads the team in interceptions on defense. Um, you know, you know, you know who I'm gonna pick. I'm actually going to pick, and I don't I don't know who's gonna play more in this game. Um, between, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a, a young linebacker. 
Give me, give me the young white linebacker. Whether <laughs> that's Ty Canna or Ben Roberts. You know, they Ty Canna actually played quite a bit in Tarleton State, especially in the second half there. Um, and we got to see him. He led the team in tackles. Like that, that's the guy that I the second when he signed on attack, I'm like, yeah, he's a dude. Right? And even Ben Roberts. Ben Roberts has been playing a lot with the ones recently. One of those two, like, give me a young white Colin Schooler type linebacker. And that is the guy that I think is going to be big in this one. I, we, I've been worried about the linebackers for the last two years now. Josiah Pierre is going to be there. I know that. Right? I know that he's going to be there. C.J. Baskerville actually played a little bit better in the Tarleton State game uh, than I was expecting um, or than he had previously. But Ty Canna, Ben Roberts, a freshman linebacker that is just going to really, really show out. For Joe, I mean, this, this is Joe McGuire's first class, and they're already playing, right? Both Ty Cannon and Ben Roberts. So, so one of those guys, um, I'm actually going to do the anti-Jeremy and actually pick somebody that y'all weren't thinking for once. Uh, so, those those are the guys for me. And uh, Jeremy, give me give me a prediction. Give me your triple P, your prize pick prediction. You know, man, I'm excited for this game. I unfortunately I picked a fifty burger last week. I got. Screwed out of that one. <laughs> so, but I don't think we can get a 50-burger this week with West Virginia. Um, defensively, you know, being who they are, they're holding good teams to a few points. But I do think that we get to a comfortable win. So, with everything we've talked about, I feel really good predicting a 35-10 Texas Tech victory over West Virginia in Morgantown. Bam. Stamp it. 35-10. Feels good. Jeez. Okay. That man, Jeremy, on the Kool-Aid. 35-10. I'm on some uh, QB2 Kool-Aid in the second half. That's where I'm getting my number. You know what's funny? I was looking at our previous predictions. I don't know. I'm being a big homer this year. You are. <laughs> you and me are doing like, hey, you know what? We can do it. And Kinsey's over there like, meh, you know. Yeah, pump the brakes, guys. Y'all you stink. Know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know who stinks this offense for West Virginia? They are bad, man. <laughs> They're bad. They're not good at all. Nothing about them. Um, let's see here. I, I am. Um, this is my prediction. This is where I'm going to go with this game. I believe that the game is going to be. I, I've mentioned it a couple times. I think this is what's going to happen. It's going to be ten ten at halftime. Hmm. I mean, yeah. And we're gonna see B and we're gonna see B Morton. Then what ha- then what happens? And we're gonna win the game we're gonna win the game thirty one to twenty. <laughs> why do why are you punishing our defense in the second? They're not gonna give up he any was... second half points. Any second half points? Well, I mean, they're gonna give up thirty some. Maybe. Maybe. Thirty one thirty one to twenty is what is where I'm gonna go. Okay. Uh in this game. You know, I you know and, and I still feel like I'm being a homer in this one. Like if I'm a West Virginia fan, I kind of agree that they're a six-point underdog at home to a team that only won one ho- road game in the past two a year and a half, right? Like, like if you watch, always actually, I'm actually surprised that Brandon picked Tech because if I, I feel like if I was a West Virginia fan, I'd feel like they should beat Tech. I just think this offense is terrible. Like, if, if honestly, if West Virginia had the offense they had last year or the year before, I actually might pick West Virginia in this game. But I think the offense is bad, really bad, really, really bad. And arguably their two best skill players in C.J. Donaldson and, and Garrett Green, which I don't know if Garrett Green's one of the better skill players, but he's their starting quarterback. Both may not play. If C.J. Donaldson doesn't play, I don't see them. I really don't see them winning the game because of how bad the offense is, right? And so that's the biggest reason, honestly. It wasn't for that. But 31-20 to 20 on the road is still kind of makes me feel a little uneasy. 
But I do agree with you that the West Virginia offense is really, really, really bad. And uh, the Texas Tech defense is, I don't want to say good, but not your normal Texas Tech defense. Yeah. So, um, and actually the secondary I do think is, is actually really good. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to go 31-20 Texas Tech. And Joey, Joey's got to got to beat the, the road bug one of these days, right? It's got to happen one of these one of these times when you're not playing. The way, the, actually, you know what, Jeremy? The way I look at it is the worst Big 12 offense last year was Iowa State's. You're playing Iowa State again. Yeah. <laughs> you're playing an offense about as bad as Iowa State again. Last year, our offense was just as bad as Iowa State's, but we, we pulled it out in the end. Um, and I think maybe at the beginning of the game, it, it continues like that. And our quarterback on the other side pulls through, um, whoever he is. If, it, if it's 10-10 at halftime, it would be Morton. But we pull through and uh, we get the win at the end, 31 to 20. Um, Jeremy, here's the thing. We've been wrong a lot this year, though. Uh, <laughs> so it's bad omen that we, we both picked Texas Tech. Hopefully, Kenzie can help us out and pick West Virginia so we can uh, <laughs> not have the curse of the, the, curse of the prediction. So uh, anything else you want to say to the people? You can't win the Big 12 if you don't win on the road. Let's go do it. Can't do it. That's right. That's right. Uh, can't do it. I predicted we both predicted Texas Tech would go nine and three this year. Uh, we're one and two, which means Tech has to go nine and one for the rest of the year. So, um, or eight and one for the rest of the year. So it be, it all starts here. It all starts. Tech, Jeremy, if we do go eight and one for the rest of the year, we're in we're in Arlington. So, we are. It's that's as simple as that. Simple as that. I'm not changing my prediction. Nope. Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> uh, for the guy who really believes in Texas Tech this weekend, Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Shore, and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, at, uh, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.